0: In a battle, a conflict between love and hate, who wins? Love wins over hate. Wow. What's the basis for your answers? What's the basis for the answers that anyone will give? But what about this other question? What about this other question? In a battle between life and death, who wins? Who wins? In a battle between life and death, who wins? Is it life that wins or death that wins? Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting that some people said life wins some other people say death wins that's really very interesting if you follow the same principle or the same philosophy you used in answering the questions of the conflict between good and evil light and darkness love and hate you will arrive at the same conclusion that life will overcome death but if you will really really think about it And you don't have to be a Christian. If you will really, really think about it. You may get confused. Maybe that's why we have answers. Different answers. Why? Because looking around. Considering that everyone ends up dying. No matter how powerful you are. You end up dying. Then you say death always wins. Yeah. You think about this. Death seems to always win. You come into this life with life. And you end up dying. No matter how powerful, how strong you are, no matter who you are, what you are, you die. So does that mean death overcomes life? I've come to declare to you today that just as good always overcomes evil and just as light always overcomes darkness and just as love always overcomes hate, life will always overcome death. Let me say that again just as good always overcomes evil and light always overcomes darkness and love always overcomes hate life will always overcome death why? because life has already overcome death life has already overcome death on the resurrection day of Jesus Christ life overcame death that is the only reason really that is the only reason why we can say life Overcomes death without that we can give no good overcomes evil, light overcomes darkness, love overcomes hate. But when it comes to the conflict between life and death, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we cannot say that life overcomes death. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, without Jesus rising from the dead, there is no way we can say that life overcomes death because death seems to always win we look around everyone dies there is sorrow and sadness all around us so we live in fear of death people live in fear of death death is more than a thing death is a sting death is pain death is a spirit and it seems to always overcome but when jesus rose from the dead We know that life can and will overcome death. And because Jesus resurrected from the dead, there is no more death. Amen. There is no more death. No more fear of death for us. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh death, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to god who has given us who has given us the victory through our lord jesus christ we have the victory now we can have victories in christ jesus amen the great conflict the victory of life over death on the cross at calvary jesus submitted his physical life his flesh and blood over to death let's turn to hebrews This is very, very important, and I need you to pay attention. And I pray that the Lord will give you understanding. On the cross of Calvary, Jesus submitted his physical life, his flesh and blood, over to death. And by the Holy Spirit in him, he resurrected from death on this day over 2,000 years ago. Let me say that again. On the cross at Calvary, Jesus submitted his life, flesh and blood, over to death. And by the Holy Spirit in him, he resurrected from death on this day over 2,000 years ago. Before he was hung on the cross, Jesus had battled death in prayer when he prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane. A summary of his prayer is given to us by the Holy Spirit in Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 7. In Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 7. First of all, for us to know that this is speaking of jesus if you look at verse 5 it says so also christ did not glorify himself to become high priest but it was he god who said to him you are my son today i have begotten you you are my son today i have begotten you and in like manner he also says in another place you are a priest forever according to the order Of Melchizedek. Now, verse 7 says, Who in the days of his flesh? That is Jesus Christ, to whom the Father, before the days of his flesh, said, You are my son. Before the days of his flesh, the father said to him, Before he came to this world, the scripture, the father said to him, You are my son. Today I've begotten you. father also said to him you are a priest forever according to the order of melchizedek before he was born now when he was born or when he lived in the flesh especially particularly here at the garden of gethsemane jesus christ prayed because the promise of the father was at stake because death Threatened that these scriptures would not be fulfilled. Satan threatened that these scriptures would not be fulfilled. And I want to say to you that there are things that God has spoken about you. There are plans of God for your life. You might not see them written on the pages of the scriptures, but they are there if you look closely. You can actually see them in between lines you can see your life you can see the plan of god in scriptures for you so jesus saw the plan of god in scriptures for him so he prayed in the days of his flesh when the plans of god when the will of god for him was threatening them he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane just before he was crucified and look at this prayer here it says who in the days of his flesh this is hebrews 5 7 who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up, when Jesus had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cry and tears to him who was able to save him from death. Wow. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. Now the heat of the moment was serious. It was very hot that Jesus even pleaded with his disciples, as his disciples, stay with me, pray with me, watch with me. He said... I am sad. I'm sorrowful. Even sorrowful unto death. Stay with me. And Jesus bowed down, praying with vehement cries and tears to him, to God, to his father, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Wow. God answered his prayers. Amen. He prayed unto his father, save me from death. He cried he wept. He prayed with vehement cries. I, I don't know how that, uh, uh, what that sounds like. Vehement, like mm, or something like that. In agony, in agony, he prayed in pain. Vehement cries. He cried to God to save him from death. And the scriptures say he was heard. Wow! God answered his. God saved him from death. Hmm. God saved him from death. His father saved him from death what kind of death did his father save him from what kind of death did he have victory over because he went to the cross he still died so did god really save him from death what kind of death did god did his father save him from because he still went to the cross and he died so what kind of death what what was he praying for What was he asking God to save him from? What kind of death was Jesus asking God to save him from? And if you are going to pray the same prayer, what kind of death will you be asking God to save you from? I wouldn't think you'll be asking God that you will not die physically. Amen. Because Jesus Christ was not saying that God should save him, that his father should save him from dying on the cross. He was not praying for that. Because that's why he came anyway. He came to die on the cross. So he was not praying that God should save him from the cross. He was praying for something different. Hallelujah. Who can save anyone from death? Your uncle cannot save you from death. Even your uncle is under the power of death. Your rich father can't save you from No man can save you from death. Only God can save you from death. And that's why Jesus prayed to his God to save him from death. But you see what? Jesus did not just pray to God because God was God he prayed to god because god was also his father amen sonship is very very important if you look at hebrews 5 verse 8 it says though he was a son yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered he obeyed though he had to suffer he obeyed though he had to suffer and in suffering he obeyed and in obedience Overcame death. Listen to this. That verse 8 that says, Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. It's, it's only in being a son that you can be saved from death. It's only in being a son of God that you can be saved from death. What does this mean? Because when you are a son of God, you have the Spirit of God. He that is born of the flesh is flesh. If you are just born of your father and your mother, if you are just born of a woman, as the scripture, as Jesus Christ tells of John the Baptist, of all those who are born of women, John the Baptist is the greatest of all. So those who are born of women, or those who are born of men, those who are born of the will of the flesh, they are flesh. But those who are born of God are spirit, because God is a spirit. So those who are born of God, those who are children of God, have the spirit of God. Whoever is born of the spirit is spirit. If you are born of God, you are a spirit like God. Meaning you have the spirit of God. Amen. If you have the spirit of God, it means you have the life of God. And if you have the life of God, then your father can raise you from death. Amen.